0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. What is up internet? I'm your host Ryan Kramer and welcome to another episode of Crossover Commerce presented by Ping Pong Payments. Episode 87, Keys to Amazon Listings at Rank and Sell. Uh, thanks for watching us on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn and Twitter as well as if you're listening to this later on for downloading us on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you are downloading podcasts, I'm going to be there. Just go ahead and search for Crossover Commerce with Ryan Kramer and that's Where you'll find me uh so thank you for listening or watching either uh way Uh, but do me a favor right now if you're watching this live go ahead and follow like and share this episode on social media so that this can be shared with network and as many people as possible and the beauty about going live with these episodes is that you can actually ask your questions and we will see those. so if you have a question about myself uh, about myself or guests or a topic we're covering go ahead and submit those on social media, again, on LinkedIn, YouTube, or Facebook, we'll be able to see those and answer those questions. And if later on you happen to catch us, you're like, darn, I didn't catch that live. Well, guess what? If you tag us as well, we will be able to answer those questions later on. So go ahead and tell us where you're listening from. Go ahead and uh, let us know your questions ahead of time and we'll make sure we get to that. But high level, we are gonna be talking about keys to listings that rank and sell. Um, but if you haven't watched this episode, uh, before or any of our episodes, I'm the host and I go live about four to five times per week. So that's tons of content that's coming your way. If you're on Amazon or if you're trying to grow your business on either Amazon or different marketplaces, us or around the world, no matter where you're located, we're going to make sure we get you information that's going to apply to you directly. So you don't want to miss an episode. Go ahead and like us on social media. Like I said before, follow ping pong payments follow Ryan Kramer, myself, uh, on social media, again, on clubhouse, on Instagram, wherever your social media you're using, I'm going to be there. So make sure you follow us and my guest as well. But about my guest today, he started selling on Amazon in 2012 and hit seven figures in sales within the first year of starting his business before starting, uh, on Amazon, he actually worked for the U S government aerospace industry. Awesome. And, uh, he created a seven figure mobile app software company, uh, but later on in 2015, he started his first Amazon-related SaaS company to get sellers reviews, and through his podcast coaching and software, he has helped thousands of Amazon sellers grow their businesses. He has been an entrepreneur since the age of 19 uh, and started and run multiple seven-figure businesses, and he's created and now runs uh SaaS software called RebayJet, a suite of tools dedicated to helping Amazon sellers scale their businesses with SEO and marketing, and also going to be helping out with virtual assistance. We're going to cover a little bit of everything, but I want to welcome to our show, Andy or not of Seller SEO. Andy, welcome to Crossover Commerce. How are you? What's up?
1: Good. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. Uh, so you are looking in Idaho, which I've never had a guest from Idaho, so I'm going to put like a little pin in yeah. Idaho. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. But uh, So it's a uh, you're wearing a San Francisco hat, like, uh, I don't know too much about your background and I, for people who are new to the show or don't know who you are specifically, like give me a, like a quick, who is Andy or not? And like, how did he get into e-commerce?
1: Yeah. So that that's kind of a long story because I'm 43. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, um, you know, I've, I, I was always into computers, you know, like was building computers super early on, you know, uh, remember Amazon when it was like mostly a text based website, you know, when I was in high school. Um, so like, I, I, remember the super early beginnings of the internet. Um, and then when I went to college, I actually spun up, uh, one of my first, uh, SaaS companies ever. It was called ISP spider. And what it would do is you'd put in your address and then it would tell you what broadband was available in your address. And I would get affiliate commissions for that. Um, and then this whole chatbot thing, I always laugh cause I was like, I was doing chatbots when I was 19. There was a software, which if you're, you know, younger than me, you probably don't know. It's called ICQ back then. It was like what everybody was using. Um, For their their messenger. And uh, we had bots that would go out and promote stuff. Back then it like, you know, technically not illegal, a little, you know, a (laughs) little spammy, but you know, it is what it is. Um, And then, uh, you know, fast forward, uh, like you you said in my intro, um, you know, started building an Android, some Android apps before anybody really even knew what Android was. You know, iPhone was kind of the dominant uh, player, but I kind of saw opportunity there to be an early mover. Um, Actually, um, you know, scaled, we had like 30 apps. just like Amazon, though Google, uh, you know, is is hardcore about enforcing rules and things like that. And um, we had built a, a web wrapper. If you're a geek, you know what that is. It's uh, the the short of it is it wraps a web page to make it look like an app. Because on the Android platform, uh, there was no uh, uh, there was a, a an app that Google spun up that was trying to compete with Twitter, and they didn't have a web app. So I wrapped the app. Um, anyway, they took down the entire account. So we were, you know going from, you know, netting a serious amount of money every day to zero in one day, um, appealed it. Uh, Google said, tough luck. It was the stupidest oh. thing ever. I even, I, I built that super early on and didn't even remember that I built that. Honestly, it was more of like a, Hey, here's something to help, help you out. Google since you can't even do it yourself. <laughs> Fast forward to, um, 2012, uh, that's when my first son was born. My wife didn't want to go to work anymore, so the Amazon business I actually had started for her <laughs> to you know wow. try to bring in some extra money. Um, and we just <laughs> back then, you know, it was so much easier to launch product. You could literally you know put products up, and the more products you put up, the more money you would make. Um, you know, I wish I knew what I uh, back then what I know now in terms of scaling operations, uh, systems, uh, you know, all the things that I know now because uh, you know that could have been an even bigger business. Um, We still run that the Amazon business today, but it's honestly like I just, you know, check in on the account a couple hours a day and it's just super long tail, a lot of older products because we've been in the game for so long. um, Actually kind of phasing it out, uh, might sell it off, not sure. But I still want to be um, in the know in terms of, you know, the struggles that the sellers have. I think a lot of people who offer software and services aren't still sellers. So they really get away from the pain points that's, you know, what's currently going on on Amazon. so yeah, I mean that's the, the the short of it. The the federal government thing. I I did a lot of moonlighting while I was working. I was an aircraft controller for 13 years. Uh, decided I could not handle that job anymore. So uh, and my my Amazon business was making great money. So I stepped away in 2015 and been an entrepreneur ever since.
0: That's amazing, man. So you you, you dabbled. In, I hear it dabbling in a little bit of everything. So how how does that allow you to to scale and grow? It's not just you, right? Like you have a team around you what's it like for people who are, who are trying to like elevate themselves like forward? Is it assistance? Is it like smart minded people? Is it partners? Like for you, how do you give advice in terms of like, Hey, this is the smart way to like scale your quote unquote business or like your efforts and so on and so forth.
1: I mean, one of the, one of the things that I learned a lot later on in life, which once again, if I knew a lot of this stuff earlier in life, it would have been huge. I mean, business, business systems and processes um, are huge. If you know, if you don't, uh, if you don't start studying that now, by the time you need to scale and need to have that stuff in place, it's going to be too late. Um, so I would say start early on that. Um, one of my favorite books in the world uh, that can help help you get started with uh, systems is uh, Clockwork uh, by Mike McAllowitz, One of my favorites. He, he's also got another one. Finances is another big one. You know, running a company. If you don't know your bottom line, you're you're going to fail. Um, So uh, Mike Michalowicz also has another one called uh, Profit First, and there's an offshoot of that book for e-commerce sellers specifically. Um, Those are some things that are homework for for anybody who's looking at scaling their Amazon business, getting into Amazon e-commerce. I mean, it it universally translates to any business, uh, but those are some of the things that you should really look into. Of course, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It should be one of your first books you ever read. Uh, Richest Man in Babylon. Um, you know, I, I'm naming all this stuff off because a lot of people go into these businesses thinking they're just going to like put a product online and, you know, get rich quick. Uh, you know, right before this, I actually just drove through to get a coffee at Dutch Brothers. And, uh, you know, the, the kid at the thing was like, oh, I've, I've heard about this Amazon thing. I'm going to jump on that and make some money. I was like, "Oh, you know, like I, I suggest you research it a lot. You you know, it's it's." <laughs> it's getting harder every single month not not year every single month it's getting yeah. hard to sell on amazon with all these new restrictions all these you know i mean it, it's just it's getting really really difficult so i don't want to discourage people but i'm also not one of those people who's going to come on here and tell you it's an easy thing you're going to make a ton of money super early on like it's a grind um, you know honestly i i'm starting to get a lot sick of a lot of the things that that are uh, that you have to deal with on amazon um, but there's still huge opportunity there if you get all these things nailed down early on.
0: So with that being said, so you've been around, I, I, I call this like time period. Like I, I do things in time periods because a lot of it was like FBA really became a thing in 2015, maybe late 2014. That's yeah. when I hear a lot of like sellers, like this is my pivot, or this is when I jumped on or so on and so forth. You've been around a little bit longer than that. You, you've seen the spectrum. And when you're telling people like this kid at the coffee Shop, he's like, oh yeah, I heard about the thing. I heard you can make money, like and just sit on a beach and like blah, 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 like just print money or something. Not true. It's more hard work. It's more like actually a full-time job. What is that transition like for you as a, you're telling people you're consulting with people of this, this is now not just a throw products and, you know, cash in it's now a, you're building brands, you're building businesses, you're building processes. Is that allowed you to grow your entrepreneur like mindset as well because you've been able to play around for so long and seen the evolution almost from like inception to like today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that you, you know, that a lot of people don't realize is, you know, a lot of the not only systems but tools to tie into those systems, right? Like Slack and some of these things where, you know, if you can't put an action behind the plan, then it's never going to happen, right? So uh, yeah, absolutely. I feel like I've grown a lot, uh, especially with you know doing some personal development stuff. Um, you know, one of the, one of my my current favorite books. You know, before before we started the episode, we were talking about how I have you know my iron in so many irons in the fire. <laughs> one of my big things right now is to really try to focus down on the things I'm doing. So um, the one thing is the book um, that you know I, I keep rereading because I'm one of those guys who. Uh, like I said, I'm a perpetual entrepreneur, always have new ideas, always have, you know, stuff going on that's, um, you know, that that I think I should jump on because, you know, I am really good at predicting and kind of seeing where markets and software and all this stuff is going. But then I uh, lately I've had to really rein myself back in and say, you know what, like, I really need to double down and concentrate on the business. I mean, that's the other huge piece of advice I can give people in terms of, you know, some business basics is, you know, just stay really focused. You know, people expect a result in one year. But if you look at a lot of companies, you know, it, they don't really gain traction until year five or even 10. Um, that timeframe will come down as you get more into knowing the basics of business, knowing systems, you know, all these other things that help you scale more quickly. Um, but to me, that's, you know, unessential.
0: So, so when I titled this, I said, you know, keys to ranking, you know and scaling and, and and so on and so forth and that's the number one key right is you have to time it right you also have to have the right processes in place since you've been around so long what for, for context how did people used to rank back then and now what's the evolution been like so now that you have to change with the times and now what you're touting ranking yeah. a product or and, and, and really standing out on Amazon.
1: Now. Right. So before it was very much um you know where uh, you know, back then it would be, you know, you could, like I said, like, you know, almost throw things up and use PVC and, and things like that and, and get ranked fairly easily. You know, then we kind of transitioned into, you know, the kind of the viral launch years where I had some competing uh, launch services during during those times as well, where, you know, you would give a discount, get get reviews, you know, then Amazon, of course, shut that down. And now the evolution uh, really has come to the point where, you know, unless you have a lot of, uh, you know, either a marketing team or or a good knowledge of marketing, it's going to be really, really hard on Amazon. You know, Amazon's gotten really good at seeing people trying to like, you know, bend the rules uh, in terms of ranking and things like that. So, you know, right now it's all about, you know, diverse traffic, right? So uh, you're talking, you know, uh, rebates, discounts, um, you know, Google traffic, Facebook traffic, uh, influencers. I mean, what I tell everyone is when you launch an Amazon, number one, you need a launch plan. A lot of people don't even know what that is or think about that. Um, You know, you have to have uh, influencers locked down. You have to have all this diverse traffic because to Amazon, that will look the most natural. And that's how you're going to get ranked. You know, these days, unless you have something super unique like your own invention or, you know, like I say, uh, something very visually appealing, uh you know it's going to be really really hard for you to get noticed if you're selling office paper you know like uh you know printer paper on amazon like good luck you know if you don't have a marketing plan in place or or if you're selling you know water bottles or you know any of these other very common uh products it's going to be really really hard to to gain traction on amazon
0: so with that being said what's the best way for you to do like you said there's a mix of everything like that mix is is it skewed one way or another like how does Amazon reward traffic, higher in some capacities versus others? Like for people, that's confusing, and they don't know. Like, mm-hmm. hey, like I thought it was going to be as simple as like listing my product and maybe like plus telling plus my plus friends plus. and family to, hey, go buy this product, and maybe I'll I'll do uh do some giveaways and stuff like that. Like, what's the natural evolution? Because Amazon wants products to be successful, right? That that helps sales and whatnot grow. W- what are those kind of tactics? Well, so,
1: so of course, Amazon won't tell you, right? Because they don't want people to know, you know, the the kind of the, the, the tricks of the trade. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of people doing search, find, buy and, and things like that. Um, you know, that is a technique that works. But, you know, once again, that's one of those gray areas where how long is Amazon going to, you know, be OK with that? Right. Is that is that a, a, a manipulation? To me, I mean, like, you know, we have our rebate company and a lot of people think that like rebates are this like horrible thing. What people don't realize is rebates have been, you know, been used for ages. It's not the rebates that Amazon's con- concerned about. It's the quote unquote rank manipulation, right? So if you're using rebates along with, you know, these, these special URLs and things like that, then you, you, you know, you possibly could get into trouble. Um, To me, the the safer, more effective way of doing things is to combine those rebates with things like discounts, Amazon traffic, or uh, PPC traffic, um, Google traffic. Um, And in terms of, you know, you said specifics. So, um, you know, Amazon doesn't tell you which one ranks better. But what we've seen is, you know, uh, visual products, things like that work really well on Instagram, uh, Facebook, TikTok, visual platforms, right? Uh, But once again, if you're selling office paper, then Google would be the place you would want to go for that search traffic. Um, but even for me, you know, if I'm consulting somebody or I'm launching myself, uh, once again, I go diverse. You know, I, I try to see, uh, you know, what what's going to gain traction on that product and then sk- maybe scale back the advertising a little bit on the stuff that's not working and then scale up on the stuff that is working.
0: Are people – there's probably an investment amount that you have to do, like with all these ads and whatnot. Is there an amount that – you? I, it's going to depend product to product, of course. Is there – a nice base amount that you would say, like obviously there's an investment in product itself, but like that being said, how much are you telling people, minimum you have to spend this to to, to healthily launch a product? Is there is there an amount you always tell or it really just depends?
1: It really depends. But I mean, honestly, like in the, with the climate uh, the way it is now on Amazon, I mean, if you have anything that is even remotely competitive, I would say a base is 2000 bucks. I would say a base of 2000 bucks. And that's not counting like if you're doing rebates, the, the the cost of the rebates on top of that, right? So mm-hmm. this marketing budget in general, I would say $2,000 um, know, at, at a minimum. Uh, but once again, like I said, there's a lot of factors. So you know, if you've uh, been really smart about building your brand before in terms of like maybe Facebook groups or email lists or many chat lists, things like that, of course, that's going to be huge, right? Because if you can combine that with your marketing, you're going to have a much better effects in terms of getting that you know, that, that a lot of traffic and sales in that first month, you know, which is the honeymoon period, which if people don't know what that is, you know, it's Amazon, of course, will never admit to this, but you know, the first month you get, uh, you know, a lot more traction in terms of the algorithm from Amazon, they're trying to kind of push your product to see they're dipping their toes in the water going, Hey, is this going to be something that's going to work really well for us or not? Um, so that's when you really need to push hard.
0: What about, um, For people, even the step before they, if they're like new to the space and they're like, how do I even build out like a Facebook group or things like that? Like that, that to me, like people want to just create the product and have it in the inventory, like at Amazon, they're ready to go. And they're like, oh shoot. Like I forgot to do all these other steps. Like how does the timeline work out? How do like these other steps come into place? You said, do this first. I've actually never heard people say, do the, do the legwork first, then get the product there is this in conjunction when you're developing products ready to go and then
1: yeah so like you know if you have a niche right so say you're you're selling camping stuff right so you know maybe you start even if it's a micro uh group you know where you're just getting like we're in idaho here people are super into their outdoors right so even if if i'm somebody you know starting a, a camping company in idaho here i would start you know idaho camping spots or whatever you know all you have to do is think about your audience and what they would be into. And then just start posting content, you know, start posting like, hey, I found this super awesome hiking trail, you know, in this town and here's how you get to it. Or, you know, hey, I took a video of me going up this trail or here's this awesome hot spring, or, you know, here's an awesome camp spot that's right on, you know, right next to the river. You know, in other words, you're building this, even if it's just this micro audience so that, you, you know, you build this, uh, th- this trust with even that small audience. So when you do launch, you can say, hey guys, you know, in all these, just not only that, but you'll get feedback, right? You'll get feedback from right. people on, on, you know, what they're doing. You you could even ask questions like, you know, Hey, we're developing a, a tent. Like what are some of the, some of the things that you've noticed that you hate about your tent, right? And then you get feedback. So, I mean, there's lots of different ways that you can kind of rebuild that audience.
0: So doing that, like work, the easiest ways to kind of build out this group is what Facebook you think are, is, uh, is there one that's really emerging quicker? Like, is that Clubhouse or is that these other platforms that are easier yeah, to do? I mean, or
1: So once again, you know, it's one of those things where um, you kind of have to pick a platform that you think is going to resonate the most with your audience. You know, so generally, though, Facebook groups are the most uh, widely accepted. You know, that's the easiest way to get uh, kind of a following the quickest. Um, so, you know, in my example, I would probably do the Facebook group. Um, but then also you're talking, you know, TikTok and and Instagram, you know, camping is a very visual activity because you're outside, you're probably taking videos, you're probably, you know, doing all these different things. So, you know, having that content that you know, is going to be uh, completely uh, in line with what your audience is going to want to see, uh, you know, that's going to resonate with them and they're probably going to want to see more.
0: I I agree with all of that. I think uh, a lot of people are just like, if they're scared to do that, like the, the top components I would tell people and this is my opinion, maybe you can add on to this is first come education, be a content leader in what you're either going to be selling or the, the industry you're selling in. And then obviously like visual cues of like your product in space of lifestyle imagery or actually being used or Hey, getting in the hands of influencers in that space. How are, like is there is there maybe other things that we might be missing and like these quick little ways to start filling yeah. it out and say, like, hey, this is my brand, this is what we're doing and Yeah, no, I think your done.
1: example's really good. The other thing to do really is, you know, if you you know, say you have an early prototype or you have some samples of your product too. I mean, go in and you know, record somebody like using it or, you know, getting feedback. On, on using it, um, you know, pretty much any content that's going to resonate with with them. And it doesn't even need to be your own content, right? You could be looking up, uh, you know, the local news uh, or mag- local magazine or, you know, local people who are also talking about this, blogging about this, things like that, posting that content as well, maybe partnering with them. Like you said, you can actually find inf- influencers before you even launch um, to kind of push your product. Um, so to me, uh, you know, you talked about like, a, a you know, people don't have a plan, you know, I always say, like, once you have uh, an order into the manufacturer, your listing should already be on Amazon, it shouldn't be live, but it should be already up on Amazon, you know, optimize as best that you can, Um, you know, probably not with photos, but you want that up, you actually want your PVC to be spun up to, you know, go with that, you want all you want to pre plan all of this stuff, so that the second that you're, inventory hits amazon you're ready to just turn switches on and and get that stuff live right because if you try to plan for it after the fact that's when you're going to have a really hard time because that one month window is going to take away really quickly
0: so that starts exactly when you go live correct like for people who are like hey i'm afraid if i even put it on there and it's just like a draft amazon's going to index it they're going to like ping it and basically say hey this is going to go in this category and maybe we'll push it out
1: Yeah, so it will actually go live if you, number one, put any type of inventory. But since inventory shows zero on an FBA listing, um, until inventory gets there, you don't have to worry about that. But if you're afraid of that, there's actually a uh, field um, on the products uh, in, in the uh, Seller Central dashboard that gives you a launch date that you can actually put in that will tell it not to put the listing live until the product is ready. So, and you can even push that out like three months just to be sure, you know, and then as soon as it gets there, you can turn it live. So, um, you know, that's one of the things that a lot of people miss
0: on. Is there a good, Maybe I've never asked this question before. Is there a good day of the week to launch a product?
1: So there's a lot of debate on that. Um, You know, if you look at what I would do is look at a lot of the big companies and things like that. It seems like Tuesdays, a lot of people do Tuesdays as uh, a a launch day. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Um, If you're a current seller, of course, you can go into your analytics um, or your orders and see, you know, maybe what, you know, in your niche, what days are the most uh, popular um, you know, that could be an option, but if you're brand new, you've never, you know, you're not even live yet. Um, then, you know, definitely research your niche and, and, you know, do some Google searching in terms of, of finding, you know, what resonates with that niche. But like I said, uh, a lot of times Tuesday seems to come up a lot. I don't have any data to pack it though. So
0: yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. So is there, and the flip side, is there a bad time to do it? Like, um... yeah,
1: uh, on the weekend, I would not, la- I would try not to launch on like Saturday or Sunday.
0: Or is there even a time of year, even like I would say like Q three or Q four? I mean, like this is my fear. when a lot of people think about oh, when's a good time of year launching when you don't have a grasp on your audience yet? Because yeah. Q three and Q four can or obviously if you're seasonal, that's kind of a one off. You might have a perceived notion of like, hey, maybe it sells too quick and you don't have inventory, you can't turn it around because Chinese New Year's right around the corner. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I would say yeah. stuff like that. I would say the worst time to launch would probably be the first couple of weeks uh, after after the holidays, right? So, like you know, probably the the last week in in December and the first week or two in January. Um, to me, that like you said, there's a lot of hurdles there in terms of you know getting inventory. Uh, you know, people a lot of uh, uh, a a lot of people at that time are kind of like you know overshopped at, at that point. You know, they've they've done the Christmas, right. thing, like you know, I've spent my money, i done. Um, there's of course caveats to that. You know, there's people who get gift cards and things like that. So, so like the first few days after Christmas might be okay. Um, but like you mentioned, I think probably the best time to launch, if you could pick would be probably Q3, right? Um, cause then you get the product out, you get to test it just as, you know, end of Q3, um, you know, you get to test it and be able to go back and, and actually get product for Q4. If it actually is a, uh, you know, something that's, uh, that's going to resonate and sell a lot.
0: Exactly. And yeah, you, you don't want to run out of inventory. That's the worst case scenario. It's like, like you said, building a rocket ship and then running out of fuel as it's continued to momentum up. And you don't want to miss out on that, that that all that hard work and money that you put into it. Um, so, so that being said, like today, it, it, we, we talked about like building your audience, which is great when it comes to your listing in itself. What are the, what are the main factors that Amazon's going to look at uh, if you rank them? in terms of saying that's a successful product in that we're going to move it up naturally because it, it has an algorithm. Everyone knows that Amazon has algorithms. What are the things that it's highly weighing in putting more, you know, weight in terms of like, is it the listing? Is it the imagery that's going to continue to move it up the list and keep it there and have no, no one else like subvert you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So imagery, of course, is the most important, right? Because that's what's going to actually make people click into your listing. Um, you know, the title, uh, the bullet points, uh, A plus content, if you have access to that, of course, you know, all of those um, incremental steps will make your listing better, will Will help people convert. Video is huge. Um, you know, if you're not doing video, everybody else is. Um, even video ads, you know, a lot of people are doing video ads still, which is huge. Um, especially once again, if you have a visually, appealing product right i i always like to use this example like printer paper probably i mean you could do a video ad for that but it's going to be pretty uh rare that somebody's going to actually stop to watch that video unless you're like dollar shave club and you figured out something really funny um but if it's if you're selling a bikini um you know then that's when the video ads a home run right i mean that's going to be visually appealing people will stop scrolling to to watch that um so those are uh, extremely important, but the other huge, big factor that probably the biggest mistake that I see most sellers making in terms of their listing itself is filling out the extra fields, right? Whether it's size, color, um, you know, if, if it's not a variation, still filling in those fields. Um, you know, what type of material is it? Um, what is it compatible with? You know, all these additional fields. So in your Seller Central dashboard, it's the last tab. That's kind of like I think it's like more, more whatever that last tab is. You know, people ignore that last time because it's not required, right? But what people don't realize is, is when you do a search on Amazon, there's all these filters that show up on the left side, right? Mm-hmm. And if people start drilling down and filtering, then your product's going to disappear if you don't have those fields uh, completely filled in. So, I mean, that's a, another, you know, huge, huge thing that a lot of people don't know. And you should launch with those fields, not like, oh, I'll get to it someday. That right. listing be complete when you launch.
0: Uh. That's, that's a definitely a a great key and and takeaway. I don't think we've heard too many people. It's like putting the extra work, like obviously ahead of time to make sure if people are like, "Hey, I need my workbench to fit this space. Like they need a dimension uh, or a material um, that that makes complete sense to me. When uh, we've seen statistics in terms of like how social media is impacting people's uh, keywords that they're using in terms of like, for example, the, the most recent one is the TikTok leggings. I don't know if you've seen this article floating around. Is It's just a natural um, product that's being featured on TikTok where someone's saying, hey, it's on Amazon. Uh, it's not specific branded. It's not paid content. It's nothing. It's just a creator creating content. And people are, it, it was the number 50 unique search term and it was TikTok leggings. So it was like a, not face. it was like Facebook, something or you put social media and then it's the product. Are you helping people, or are you yourself as a seller, putting in any sort of like content that you're watching trends on like, hey, someone did like dancing shoes or like apparel or any sort of like weird product that might loosely tie to yours and like bidding on that?
1: Um, Not really, the, the thing is, is, so I mean, when it comes to that type of content, right, that's viral content and nobody can really predict that, right? So, I sure. mean, you can, you know, and I've tried this before, you know, I've tried like, uh, you know, looking at stuff that's trending on like Twitter or TikTok and then trying to either do Google ads or, you know, kind of craft my thing for a few days to try to like catch that. Um, so far, that's not been an effective strategy. Not to say that, you know, if you know, if you come up with one, it won't work. Um, I just personally haven't seen anything work too well on that. Um, the other point I want to make is, you know, one of the things you really have to to think about is, number one, is we talked about, you know, knowing where your audience is, right? And trying to do too many, you know, if you you, uh, half-ass, like, 10 social networks, you're never going to get traction. Right. So like, um, I got banned off of Facebook. I'm getting good. I'm I'm really good at getting banned. You know, I must, I (laughs) was going to say,
0: man, like, are we going to like, is my (laughs) podcast going to be shut down after this? (laughs) Right.
1: I I guess I'm, I'm uh, you know, kind of like, what was the Steve jobs? uh, Like here's to the rebels. Like, you know, I'm one of those people who always is turning dials and I guess sometimes it gets me in in trouble, but I've been banned from Facebook probably twice. Um, and, and for no, like no, no explanation at all. So I don't know you know why, but, um, during that time I started really digging into LinkedIn, right? So LinkedIn is now the platform that I consider my main platform. That's where I put a lot of time, uh, and effort into that. I mean, I still, of course do Facebook and some of these other things, but when it comes down to where I put my energy and my time, it goes into LinkedIn. Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. One of the things is, you know, LinkedIn, I think is one of the most underutilized, uh, platforms in terms of social. You know, everybody's trying to t- chase this TikTok demographic, but guess what? You know, 19 year olds, 16 year olds, they don't have money. I mean, they got to go to daddy or mommy usually to get that money, right? Whereas they're an
0: influencer making all this ad money.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, if you go on to LinkedIn, these are professionals for the most part, have jobs. You know, uh, you can connect with a lot of executives, with a lot of people. I think that's where I originally connected with you. I mean, that's where, you know, I feel like in, in, the customer that I'm looking for as a software provider, as somebody who's looking for, you know, um, entrepreneurs, business people, that's where my target is. Right. So it makes sense for me to hang out there to put the most energy into that platform.
0: So that being said, what kind of content are you putting out so that eventually leads to either your listing on Amazon or, uh, your own like branded site?
1: Yeah. Well, so in terms of Amazon, like I'm not doing too much, um, you know, for Amazon, but, uh, in terms of, being a a service provider, you know, like I said, that's where I'm putting a lot of my content um, in in terms of, you know, software, uh, you know, how to's, um, you know, all those kinds of things is building that audience. But that does translate to, you know, just because these people are on a working platform doesn't mean that during the weekends they don't like to go kayaking or they don't, you know, the thing is, you know, going back to the, to the example of like, you know, if you're trying to launch a swimwear company, you know, building your audience on, you know, TikTok or Facebook or something like that, but then cross posting that content to LinkedIn and all these other places. Which you know, there's a lot of tools that help you do that, like Buffer and you know, a bunch of different things. Um, the the one thing, you know, one of the, this is the thing that a lot of people, like you said earlier on, that people are scared to put content out. Right? I remember before I started podcasting, before I started doing all this stuff, I was terrified even to be in front of the camera. I'm not a, a terrible public speaker. I get you know super nerves when I get up on stage and I have to talk. Um, even if it's in a smaller crowd of people, I'm getting much better at that. <clears throat> but the way I got over that was I made a deal with myself that I would go live for 30 days every day. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. and Even if I didn't really have much to talk about just to get like the flex that muscle. Right. Um, Great. so that's kind of what, you know, what I think a lot of people should do, um, is to, to just, you know, go live and, and talk about, you know, a lot of I mean, people love journey stories, right? Like, if you're building a brand, talk about it. Talk about your struggles. Talk about like, you know, hey, I'm building this camping brand. I took my prototype out, my my tent up to, to have somebody test it. He said it was crap, and you know, oh, you know, it's oh, it sucks. You know, people want to know the real you. They want to know the brand story. They want to, uh, you know, when you get those people involved in what you're doing, then they're your cheerleaders, right? And then you have this kind of, uh, you know, friends and family and and your social following who are really rooting you on. So.
0: So how are you measuring that, like your, your success in that regards? Is it, um, is it like engagement or is it kind of like comments or is it following? Like, wh- how are you measuring that to like see some sort of like incremental growth?
1: Well, I mean, you, you honestly can't really measure that until you launch, right? So I mean, really, I mean, the, the thing that you want to see is, uh, of course, on social would be, you know, interactions, making, sh- making sure you're answering people's questions, you're replying to them, um, and then also just building the audience, Right. Um, You know, building that audience, um, maybe giving away, you know, maybe even pre-selling, you could almost do like a a mini Kickstarter in terms of like, hey, I need 100 people to review or not to review, but to um, review in terms of give me feedback about my product. You know, give me your email address. We'll let you know when you launch, Um, you know, give it away for a discount or free or, you know, however that you would have to figure out the numbers on that. Uh, but, you know, you can also build incentives into those social groups so that when you do launch, you know, people are, are a lot more involved.
0: Have you ever launched a product on Kickstarter, by the way?
1: I never have. I'm actually looking into it, though, because we have a product that actually a last guest on our pod, uh, podcast was all about that. So it's it's a super interesting platform. Um, I really think that, um, you know, investing in that platform is is going to be is going to pay dividends in terms of like talk about the best test case scenario ever, right? You get to launch a product with no money, you know, well, I shouldn't say no money, you, you have development costs, CAD costs, things like that, uh, prototyping, but for very little money, you know, rather than, you know, spending like, like we looked at, at this product that I'm talking about that we, we we're launching hopefully in the next year or two, and just like the molding, the tooling, you know, all the the, the stuff we're talking like 50 grand, right? That's a big investment to put out to, to, to not prove the concept, right? Whereas I can go to a local machine shop here, get it machines, a probably 10 grand total out the door. I get to put it on on Indiegogo, Kickstarter. I get to say, hey, this is what we're selling. This is the price point. And if you don't hit your goal, then you walk away, you know, or you figure out how, how to iterate or you get feedback from people. Um, so I actually love that, um, you know, that way of launching.
0: It, is it by chance, Mina or Samer Brax? By chance,
1: uh, it was not Mina or Samer. Um, okay, unfortunately,
0: I can't remember his name. And i have to go back. Um, That's okay. It's um, like the, the reason I brought, yeah brought that up brought is the because boom. they're
1: doing uh, it's the company's Rocket Boom. They're called Rocket Boom.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to look in the. But in, in terms of what they're doing, also something similar where they have money, but once you get funded, you get like a bat. Like Kickstarter has always been this nuance to me. Obviously, like, it's not always guaranteed no matter how quickly you fund it, it, like it's a good thing because then you can feature that on either like A plus content, like, Hey, fund it on Kickstarter. It's almost like taking social proof, knowing that, like you said, concept is going to work. People would buy it, but at a discount, then you've actually, this is the cool thing because Amazon's now going away with like early review program, all this other, other stuff that's been helpful in the past is there, you can capture people's addresses. So, you know, their social profile, you can build a lookalike audience on social media. And then on top of that, you obviously have people who are willing to be social proof of, Hey, it's not just concept. It's uh, you know, they're going to be your ambassadors moving forward. So it's that list that you can obviously tap into say like, Hey, they can come back to you. Hey, we're now on Amazon. Hey, now we're on our own website, all this other fun stuff. So I, I agree with you. I think that's something that hasn't been utilized before to launching products or just even testing because, if you don't reach your goal, then you don't reach your goal. But then, once you do get to that goal, or even surpass it, then you're like, "Oh shit, I have something that actually has raised six figures, seven figures, whatever that looks like six figures, probably." And uh, people want this in its pre-orders to something that will eventually arrive, which is cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, when you think about it too, I mean, depending on the products, I mean, the product we're building is pretty intricate, and and it's you know, like metal, it's machined. There's all kinds of parts but you could also go a lot more simple, right? Like if you've come up with like a new, like super innovative broom handle or, you know, something that you, you mean that cost could be cut to drastically, right? You always see in all these Facebook groups and things like, Oh, how much do I need to launch a private label product? And I always laugh when I read that because it can vary so much. Uh, but using the, the, the Kickstarter or the Indiegogo model, I mean, really your MVP minimum, minimum viable product could be really, really simple and, and inexpensive. And really the only, kind of uh, payment that you're making is your time and effort to get it set up. I mean, you can outsource a lot of the, you know, graphics and video and, and a lot of the content that needs to be around on that, uh, on that uh, uh, Kickstarter or Indiegogo page. So really your investment is pretty small. And then that, that proof of concept is, is kind of, you know, a, a free, you know, a, a, a get frees you from spending like, you know, 40, or 50 grand on that idea.
0: Well, and then also like, uh, even in that, it's like 15%, maybe commission or like 10, I forget what it is depending on the product. But a lot of the stuff in there was like toys and games. Like I just went there and browsed, it was like what's launching, what's new and hot, like all this other stuff. And it was anywhere from like home gift garden or homing home and kitchen, which is a big hot topic in Amazon to games and like new kind of like weird, I, I say like home decor, stuff like that. So all stuff that sells well on Amazon, but like it's a little out there in terms of like, no one's actually searching for like, metal ball magnet lamp or something stupid like that. But then, yeah. How, how do you like fund that and kind of get it like that momentum going? So like adding fuel to the fire, um, is there other, like when people are like come to you and they go, Hey, I heard about this way of, I'm not sure if it's like a good, a, use you, you guys tout rebates. There, there's always this, like this gray area of like, how do I get people to like review rank or cause with more re- reviews come more like buys and, you know, kind of pushes up ranking, how do you guys like either toe the line or how do you make sure that the line is pretty clear for either your clients or yourself that, hey, we will not go past this line um, because it, Amazon will take you down quicker than anything. Like what are the things you have to look out for?
1: Well, I mean, so, so some of the things that, I mean, you know, and, and this has kind of been true uh, throughout, you know, the, the mantra of Amazon is, you know, is that they're, they're looking at intent, right? If, if it's obvious that you're cheating, right? Like if you're, you know, back in the day, it was like, if you're giving away 150, 100% off coupons a day, you know, they're probably going to balk at, at that. Right. But if you're using a rebate, um, you know, in, in along with, you know, uh, Google ads and all these other things, you know, then that's where it's natural, right? That's where Amazon goes. Okay, rebates is just uh, uh, one of the cogs in this whole thing that you know that is moving in to promote the product, right? So between the rebates, the influencers, all these things. That's why we say diverse traffic, especially when you're using things like rebates, is really important because you know Amazon uh, is looking for people, quote unquote, cheating and and really uh, you know trying to cheat the system. So many sellers are using rebates. So many sellers are using promotions. You know, whenever I see people being like, oh, you're going to get banned and things like that, we personally have not had a single client on our platform uh, reach that issues. Usually, when you hear about some other platforms, I'm not going to call them out. I've seen other platforms being blamed for getting, but when you actually say, hey, post a letter from Amazon, it's like, no, they like paid somebody in India to like upvote something, or, you know, there's this like little piece that wasn't actually included in, in the rebate service or that process. So, Um, Really, I mean, go with your gut in terms of like, you know, if you feel like it's cheating, it probably is, right? But if you're doing a rebate along with all this other stuff and you're doing a reasonable amount of rebates, you know, maybe you you do three to first day, five, the second day, you know, maybe you, you scale that up. I mean, that's where, you know, the magic really happens in terms of all this natural looking traffic.
0: What has been the most creative way to launch a product that you've seen in the years you've been doing this?
1: Creative way, that's a good question. Um, so a lot of people uh, will, so so uh, I don't know if this is creative, but I think this is a really good way to launch that tons of people don't use is to, instead a lot of people will get an influencer, influencer right? And they'll say, hey, go to Amazon to get this product, right? But rather than doing that, you know, build like even a ClickFunnels page or WordPress, like some basic, you know, page on on your website if you don't have a website you need to get one (laughs) these days if you don't have a brand first step
0: buy a yeah buy a website buy
1: yeah uh get some branding going but um you know some type of landing page even if it's like a click funnels page or something like that uh where you tell the influencer to go to this page to get the product then you collect some information first right because if you send them off to amazon you're not going to get anything so when they come to your page you pixel them you get their email address and then you say hey put your email address we're going to send you you know, 70% off uh, coupon or 50% off, we should go 70, 50% off coupon, or we're going to, you know, send you the link to the rebate, you know, something like that, or an ebook on, you know, uh, the best hiking trails in Idaho, you know, whatever the, whatever the, the thing is, give them a carrot so that they give you, you know, some of their information, um, so that you can actually go back to them in the future and remarket to them.
0: Gotcha. Is there, are you guys looking, uh, What are other like social media? Like I hear a lot of people are trying to drive traffic from Pinterest to um, like Amazon, like almost two-step or even just because it's a place where people find ideas. A lot of people have touted, hey, if you're putting your product listing or even listings or just like your content thought leadership pieces on Pinterest, people are going to still search for that kind of stuff and find a way to either find it through your Shopify store or Amazon listing. Is that a successful way to... Drive sales, even.
1: Yeah, I mean, Pinterest is is one of those once again a super under underutilized platforms, right? Because, um, like you said, a lot of people are going to Pinterest with intent to buy, right? And it's a visual search platform. So as long as you have really really good graphics and a really good uh, pin, that uh, you you could easily get um, you know a lot of organic reach there, a lot more than a lot of these other platforms. You know, TikTok is all the rage. That's where people everybody keeps talking about that, but. Um, and and, you know if you come if you get creative uh, you can build an audience there I'm not saying that at all Um, but like I like I said once again I'm not sure I trust in that consumer base yet um, in terms of buying power right so um, that that's kind of on the back burner for me in terms of you know dabbling in in, in that Um, but the biggest mistake with Pinterest right is that people will use like the pin button and then just like throw the link up and like you know super quick like don't put any thought into it right Where if you're gonna put up a, a pin, you should, you know, make be just like your Amazon listing, making sure that listing is full of keywords that represent what you're trying to sell, right? So, um, if you're selling that that uh, that that bikini, you know, like, uh, you know, two piece, you know, sizes, colors, you know, anything that uh, is gonna catch, you know, the, those searches. So, I mean, that's another thing. You know, once again, it's where you put your energy. Um, you know, don't spread your t- yourself too thin on on all these different platforms. Pick one, find one that works, um, and then use it. Um, a lot of people don't know uh, Amazon now is a way to track sales from other channels called Amazon Attribution. It is a hot mess. Um, so, I, I'm not <laughs> to real- say the least. Yeah, yeah I'm not really <laughs> confident in the data that you get from that. But you can spin up some of those links to at least get a little bit of data to try to early on uh, gauge and see what's working and what's not working.
0: That's awesome. Uh, and I, I, we actually had, uh, I believe a, a friend or a colleague, I should say, uh, Rob Stanley, he actually asked uh, when, when we were talking about influencers, he might miss this earlier. Is there too, is there, is there too many influencers when you're launching a product that you can utilize or is there like, is there a good amount? Like you said, you don't want everything to be driven from one source. Yeah, so if I mean, you're I, like, I, if everyone has Facebook saying, Hey, everyone go to Amazon at once and you got 10 influencers. I don't know if that, is that too much or?
1: Well, I don't think 10 would be too much, Um, but I mean, let's go into influencers themselves. So a lot of people will like, you know, go for the the home run in influencers, right? Spend a ton of money and try to get like, I don't know, Kim Kardashian or some ridiculous, you know, expensive person.
0: Um, Now billionaire, by the way, like newly minted billionaire. Okay, Right,
1: right. (laughs) Yeah, wow. So (laughs) instead of, (laughs) hey, don't laugh too much. That's Um, okay. Good for her. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but I know I wish I looked that good, man. Damn it.
0: I know. Uh, God didn't bless us, man. It's all good. uh,
1: In terms of of influencers, you're you're really looking at, um, you know, doing some research, going into some Facebook groups and finding some people that are, you know, getting a lot of interactions. So so do your homework in terms of these influencers, but like small to medium sized influencers, five or 10. Um, and then, you know, maybe do an unboxing maybe do you know have each one maybe do a, a little bit different uh type of of um you know review or posting to see what kind of works right you could maybe start get 10 have three do um, their posts on the first week and out of those three have a different style for each one right have one doing an unboxing have one doing uh just like talking about it maybe showing it how how it works maybe do another one with like a lifestyle type setup and then see which one seems to resonate the most Um, And then go back the next week and go to the next three and and try it and maybe focus more effort on You know the the type of content that worked better or test all three again and see which one works And then by the third time you'll know okay the unboxing is the one that works the best You know, then I'm gonna put get three more, but they're all gonna do unboxing, right? Um, So that's kind of a way. I think that you can really gauge the effectiveness of those influencers.
0: Absolutely. And we, yeah, we've had people on even as early as last week of micro influencers and nano influencers, like people who are either following similar you know brands and lifestyles. You can search for them on Instagram. You can find them on Facebook pretty, pretty cheaply. And you can incentivize their whether it's like paying a flat fee or obviously commissions of affiliate commissions and whatnot. Do you, do you suggest a lot of um, like sellers set up some sort of like affiliate program, like as a as a brand or like from the get-go or how, how do you suggest they like set up their commissionable, you know, entities, like not just paying flat because you never know if it's going to, you want them to drive results obviously, yeah. but how, so, how do you suggest that? So there's
1: a, there, there's a few things to consider here, right? Like one of the, one of the biggest things to consider, and a lot of people don't realize this is like, for example, when you're driving traffic, from a platform like Google, right? If you're driving to your own website, it's gonna be a lot harder and more expensive to get that traffic, right? Because there's something called DA, domain authority. Um, and the higher domain authority, Google knows the, all this data in the back end. So they know that if you're driving traffic to Amazon, that cost per click is gonna be way, way lower. You're gonna get more, um, you know, better um, placement on the search, on the page search results, all these other things. So, um, you know, as an example, using that, you know, maybe, getting an influencer to push people to your website might not work nearly as well as pushing them direct to Amazon. But then pushing them direct to Amazon, uh, it's gonna be hard to find uh, affiliates that are going to push your untested product, right? Like if you have a product that sells super well on Amazon and it's something that you can then uh, push out to, um, you know, to these other affiliates, um, you know, then it's, it's gonna be a lot more effective.
0: Awesome. Uh, before the top of the hour, I just wanted to get into some of the other projects we talked about, like stretching yourself too thin. But you, as a as a man of uh, different hats, I should say, not just on Amazon. Yeah, exactly. San Francisco We even have a call out. Uh, Rob also said, "Hey, rocking the Giants hat." So, uh, a good call out from Rob. What you get, you're working on a new project, and which is really cool. It's called uh, Seller Support, and I got I was aware of it with. Uh, one of the partners, kind of, you're working with as well. Maybe talk a little bit about that and what kind of that next, you know, service that you're going to be providing well, is going to look I, like.
1: I, I, I'm really trying to pare down my my uh, <laughs> what I'm what I'm uh, working on. Right, so uh, yeah, Seller Support is a uh, a VA agency that we are spinning up, um, and it's going to be a, a lot different in terms of you know a lot of people have you know not a lot of success with platforms like Fiverr. Um, even online jobs, you know, all these other platforms where uh, there's not really any pre-vetting, right? It's kind of like the Wild West where you, you go in and you say, hey, I need this done. And you get inundated with people like, oh, I'm an expert at this. But then when they actually go to work for you, it's kind of wasted time and money. Um, so that's kind of the, the big goal there is to have uh, much more uh, control, uh, moderation and, and, you know, getting a lot uh, more uh, the kind of the cream of the crop in terms of the VAs. Uh, we're going to be very... Um stringent in terms of you know who we're gonna allow in, and then once we once they're in, they're gonna have to prove themselves continuously um and we are going to to get uh, you know get the best people and make sure that we keep them.
0: yeah, we made sure that that went out to in the description because you guys are still working on it with other people uh to to kind of make it uh, into like a live uh service correct because it's still kind of onboarding a lot more. VA is making sure you guys are starting off on the right foot, but you can actually learn about it. And I put them in the show notes as well, but seller support.net is, is where you want to go. So, um, for VA help as well as the feature, who, who do they need to contact if they either so, want to learn about more of the services is that use that, yeah, yeah,
1: that support.net. Um, like I said, it's, it's, it's being launched. So the, the website's not super, you know, there's not like 10 pages on it, but you can go there and apply as a seller. Um, right now we're, you know, we're making sure that we get sellers through that um, are actually running a business. You know, we, we don't want tire kickers in terms of, you know, that's not going to help us uh, uh, get the service going and kind of really make sure that we're, we're having a good offering. Um, to a sellersupport.net. Right now there's a form. You can just uh, enter your information um, and then we'll reach out to you. We're actually running a promotion when we launch where uh, we're just charging two bucks an hour, which is, you know, crazy, crazy cheap. Um, but we want to show, you know, we want to show you guys up front that, uh, you know, it's going to be a service that you're going to value and use a lot.
0: Absolutely. And we got a little bit love from YouTube, uh, as well. So, uh, yeah. did y'all, I, you yeah, know, they, they, they love the idea. So obviously another service that's helping Amazon sellers grow, you're not trying to stress yourself too thin, but, uh, Andy, what was like, uh, before we kind of hop off at the top of the hour, what was 2020 like for you personally? And then did you learn anything that was kind of like, for you being in the Amazon space, it was different for a lot of people. What did you really take away from that? And you're applying in this next year.
1: Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, one of the big things, honestly, is like, uh, you know, and I don't want to discourage people here, but, um, what I figured out for myself, uh, is after a lot of, of reflection, number one, uh, we wanted to get the hell out of California as quickly as possible. That's <laughs> the first thing that we, we decided on. See ya. <laughs>
0: yeah, the,
1: the next thing was, um, you know that that my passion lies with with software and then with helping sellers. So that's really kind of where I'm I'm starting to pivot. Uh, like I said in the beginning, um, you know I'm I'm most likely going to sell my Amazon business, um, and and maybe start a new one just kind of like. Uh, with a few products like my catalog now is like 800 SKUs. Cause, yeah, I've been in the game for so long. You know, we scaled really quickly. Your
0: aggregator's uh, you know, perfect dream.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you know, we're we're uh, I'm I'm slowly you know scaling that out. Um, and and I'm really gonna double down on you know the the podcast, which we love to you know help just like you're doing, help sellers without have them having to pay for some you know five thousand dollar course. Um, And then also, you know, the the software offerings that um, I think are going to bring a lot of value, especially, I mean, our concentration is the the small to medium sized sellers, the mom and pops, you know, that's who I really like to help people like me who, you know, at one point was working a nine to five, not a real big fan of the job. And you know, able now to you know, before this podcast, I had to r- like run and go pick up my dog at the, uh, <laughs> at, the at the groomer, right? Like, right. But, but that's awesome, you know. I mean, with my old job, I was you know stuck in the tower for ten hours a day. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's really what where where I want to see uh, my my life going.
0: That's awesome. Well, congrats on all the success thus far. We know where i will see you with other ventures down the road. You say you're not going to stretch yourself too thin. Make sure you take that advice, with my man. Yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really, why it's
1: well. I that's hard. Re- but,
0: right. We all get shiny objects syndrome one time yeah. or another, and it's really hard to just be very disciplined and just stay true to what you know and what you're good at. It's always fun to dabble, right? But always make sure you, you're doing this for one reason or another. Save yourself time, money effort uh, make your time ta- make your time more valuable and other assets so um but i appreciate your time hopping on here i know you got so much going on like you said hey like i don't know what's next on your your list of things to do my wife just texted me she's like go make sure that the trash cans didn't blow away with the storm outside so
1: right, right i yeah. gotta go and do that <laughs> uh yeah so for us uh i mean the other thing is my wife's a real estate agent, and uh, we're also doing a lot of real estate investing, and that's uh, been a lot of fun. So that's kind of our, that's kind of my my uh side fun project, you know.
0: Yeah. Are you guys traveling at? Are you doing any events or anything like that this year? Like, is um, that kind of on the radar?
1: We're looking out for it uh, for sure. Um, you know, I, I saw that ClickFunnels is doing an investment. It's funny, you know, when I moved to Idaho, I didn't even realize that uh, this is the home of ClickFunnels. Their office really? is, about, is about two streets up from where we, where we live. That's um, convenient. I drive by it all the time. Yeah, I see the ClickFunnels sign there uh, all the time. And uh, yeah, so so uh, and there's there's a lot of tech companies and, and a lot of people moving out here. So it, it's uh, it's a cool place to be.
0: Awesome. We'll have to put that on the list of places to travel when we're able to travel yeah, again. So I'll, I'll buy we'll, you.
1: Your, I'll buy you. Your yeah. Beer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We'll we'll all be in the same room at some point. Just a. Uh, Maybe sooner and later, we'll, we'll never know. But hey, Andy, thanks so much for hopping on, man. Uh, for, for your podcast and also where people can learn and talk with you more, where do they yeah. need to go to so, like, connect with you?
1: So I'm one of those crazy people who actually gives out their email address. Um, you can uh, just get me Andy at sellerseo.com. uh LinkedIn, uh, you can find me, just search my name. Uh, probably the first one to show up, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I have a fairly large yep. following there. Um, and then, uh, and then yeah, I mean, I'm on all the, the social channels. So feel free to uh, to reach out there.
0: Awesome. Well, congrats again on all the success. Good luck with the future uh, rollouts of businesses and we'll, I'm sure we'll have you back in at sometime soon. So thanks so much for hopping on across evercommerce commerce. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ryan. Have a good yeah. one. everyone. Yeah, you too. Bye. All right. Take care. Awesome. That was Andy Renat of uh, Seller SEO. Thank you so much for hopping on again today. Again, we go live every day this week. So don't, you want to make sure you hit that notification bell. If you haven't already go ahead and do that right now, hit in the bottom right hand corner and subscribe to our channels. Make sure you follow, like, and share this content as well. It's just an active, packed episode of Crossover Commerce. Again, you don't want to miss a single episode. We go, we're we going live again tomorrow, which is Thursday uh, in my part of the world, and then on Friday as well. All different kinds of content. We're going to talk about localization tomorrow with an expert in the field in the Middle East. And then on Friday, we're going to be talking about more about Amazon ads and using PPC uh, in different ways and capacities. So I'm really excited about the... F- flow of this week and how we're going so you don't want to miss a single episode again subscribe to our channels go ahead and rate us um, on all the podcast channels as well as new episodes become available on audio format you'll be notified there as well i'm ron kramer the host of this show crossover commerce go ahead and check out ping pong payments if you haven't heard of us go ahead and click on that link below to go ahead and take exclusive um, advantage of the offer the first month of your international fx is free when you click and sign up for free today Save money when you do international payments with ping pong, uh, sending or receiving no matter where you are in the world. I'm Ryan Kramer again with Crossover Commerce. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. Have a good day and be safe.